Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we were hanging tough, just like Chris when he was into New Kids on the Block in a big way. Big time. Big I, was a, time. I was a blockhead. <laughs> we really were, yeah. NKOTB. As we discuss 1993's Cliffhanger, which means today we're pushing the limits as we go up the slopes of K2 in 2000's Vertical Limits. I got 22 hours, if they're lucky. Don't risk it. I think it's suicide. I'll write a check to whoever goes. Half a million dollars. Now, the lives of three... My brother's got explosives. Says they're gonna blast their way down. Strap on the nitro. ...will depend on the courage of six. On a rescue mission, we don't vote, we don't question, we don't argue. You listen to exactly as I say. So which film will reach the Clash Pod summit of victory and which will be tossed into the crevasse of obscurity? We'll know by the end of the show. So let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Podders. It's not just going to be snow, it's going to be ice and rock. We're going to need special tools. I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. It's Chris's choices this week. <laughs> Cliffhanger versus Vertical Limit, two of his favourite films, especially Vertical Limit, mm-hmm. if I'm right. Yep. Yep. Excited yeah. to be getting into this film? Yarp. Mm, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. It's a brilliant film. It's a, I love it. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about it. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, before we do get started, though, it's time for our regular dip into the digital mailbag and a review from Chris Tilly, a.k.a. A Chris Thrilly. I'm suddenly worried I've read this before. Oh, but my you God. Said this that every last week. week. But I hadn't, had I? You, uh, not that I remember, but. No, I'm let's not. try this one. Oh, we'll it's, tell you if you have. It's from Bear81 and it's called I Can't Sleep. No, no, you haven't. Okay, excellent. Uh, I have. Had trouble sleeping for most of my adult life, but found that listening to podcasts at night helps me relax. 
That all changed when I started listening to this. <laughs> My insomnia is back and I feel terrible all morning because I just can't stop listening to a single episode. No, I just can't listen to a single episode. Uh, sorry, got that wrong. Uh, brilliant show, really likeable presenters, but loses a star for ruining my life. Four stars. <laughs> Four stars? That gets that gets us in trouble. Give us the five stars. <laughs> if he's not sleeping well, I know what it's like to have insomnia. It's awful, bloody awful. I'd, I'd take a star off. Four stars is good. Okay. You should be happy with that, Chris. Okay. Most Thanks very give, much. Most people give us five. I know most people give us five, but Bear81... I understand where you're coming from, brother. Okay, I'm sorry, Bear. Or sister. Or, or sister, indeed, yes. Bear. I'm sorry, Bear. A bear can be male or female. Apparently. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> there's lots of baby bears, so... You think, yeah. They're, they're, they're not reproducing by mitosis. No, they're not. No, nope, they aren't just splitting into smaller <laughs> bears. <laughs> I've known a couple of blokes nicknamed Bear, but not many women. Okay. That's just a fact. Um, dead heat. Sorry, what's that now? What's going on? Dead heat. This is a new part of the show. Why are you so excited? <laughs> Dead heat. Go on. What's it's, this? It's the answer to a question that I posed at the start of last uh, episode. Right. Oh, the oh, movie. Oh, the thing yeah. you can't remember. Right? The yeah. movie that goes with RIPD. Uh, stars Treat Williams, big fan of his, Love Joe it. Piscopo, not so much, and Vincent Price from 1988 about um, a police officer who's murdered while attempting to arrest zombies who have been reanimated. <laughs> cool. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, Although it's not. <laughs> we're going to do uh, the, the Treat Williams movie we're doing before any other Treat Williams movie is, of course, Deep, Deep Rising. Rising. I know, yeah, I know. Definitely. You can, do, to... you can do them both while I'm away. Oh, <laughs> Deep Rising. Oh, can't wait to do that. Anyway, back to today, though. Vertical limit time. So let's get into this. On Monday, V proved what real love is. Sacrifice. Which means today, I'll be proving that real love is being able to guess obscure songs that someone else sings. <laughs> Let me take you on a journey. Peter Garrett has never recovered emotionally from having to cut the rope that sent Daddy plummeting to his death. Neither has his sister Annie, who blames Peter, despite her dad clearly screaming, if you don't cut the rope, you'll kill your sister, you twat. <laughs> Sadly, for brother and sister, this means they no longer get to play their favourite game of Guess the Song. <laughs> but... When fate throws them together on the slopes of K2, it's up to Peter to save his sister from an icy grave and Bill Paxton's intense glare. Peter embarks on a rescue mission, telling the gathered, experienced climbers who know K2 better than him, it's not just going to be snow, it's going to be ice and rock. We're going to need special tools. I'm not sure how much of this stuff we'll have round here. All of it, you muppet. You're at the base camp of K2, surrounded by actual climbers. After strapping some nitroglycerine to their backs, because the film needs something that explodes, they embark on a rescue mission, which succeeds in rescuing one person at the cost of five other lives, <laughs> making it the stupidest rescue mission ever. But at least Annie is safe, so Peter has someone to play Guess That Song with again, right? Glass Potters, for your consideration. I present to you... A vertical limit. Yeah, I thought about that mm. regarding the ending and how many people died to save that <laughs> one person. But I guess then you could apply that to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yes. sure. I know. It's that storyline, I think it? it's just that bit where when they're doing it in Saving Private Ryan, they sort of almost know, like, the mission is, like, this guy's entire family, mm. all his siblings have good, died. This is a good point. And we're going to say, we are... It's a, there's a principle, isn't we're there? Acknowledge, yeah. We're acknowledging that it's going to be mm. a sacrifice to save this one kid because, you know, mm. all his brothers are dead. Whereas in this, 
a cameo by an actual seasoned professional climber who rescued people from Mount Everest. Of all the people to deliver this line, this is a man, I'm going to tell you his name when I come to it, but he's a professional climber. He was involved in the 1996 Everest disaster. He rescued people who were stranded on Everest and he's the one who goes... Surely this is a bad idea. Mm. Mm. More people are going to die. You're risking the lives of many to save a few. And mm-hmm. um, Peter goes, yeah, fuck yeah. you, mate. But then also triggers him like, what if it was your best? What, what if your best friend hadn't died? Yeah, imagine that. Mm. And he was up there. And, and saving Private Ryan also ends, doesn't it, in the cemetery, I think. And we see that um, Private Ryan's grown up and had children and grandchildren. And so we see that w- what it meant. Whereas here, it's it's so... You Chris want... O'Donnell can make up with his sister and get off with the bomb girl. <laughs> <laughs> that kiss is really wrong. Oh, well, it does... Uh, yeah. It, it, I, yeah. Everyone's dead. Oh, <laughs> Now's not the time, love. I can't believe of all the people to jump to the fucking end of a movie. <laughs> it's you. You hate this. But yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a completely unearned kiss as well. <laughs> yeah. At no point throughout this movie uh, have they exhibited anything that even resembles chemistry. Mm. In fact, he has a massive go at her. We're just doing that bit now. He has a massive <laughs> go at her when he's like, why do you why do you want the money? She's like, so I can go back to medical school. He's like, yeah, how long have you been sleeping with Skip? And rather than going, how about fuck you? She goes, two years. Like, why are you asking me these questions? Because I'm going to kiss you at the end. <laughs> yeah, that whole bit. Good. You were moaning on Monday. It ends on uh, images of like all. That, the... That's that's why it's weird. Okay. You're jumping to the end now. That but, is um... the very. End. <laughs> I am jumping to the final shot. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. So histories with this movie. I'll start. This was a third watch for me. I do love a mountain disaster flick. I remember uh, going into this when I first watched it on home video shortly after its release with very low expectations because I had read, like a lot of us did, a lot of sniffy reviews about this movie. This was not a well-reviewed movie. Was people, not? People did not like this movie. It's got, I think, about 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not a lot of people had a lot of time for Vertical Limit. I watched it. I loved it. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is bloody marvellous. It's great. And since then, I've caught it a couple of times on TV, probably late night on ITV4. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like a late night ITV4 boys movie. Yep. And so I've seen it there. And uh, yeah, I was excited to uh, watch it for the pod. Uh, I'm not aware it's preposterous and ridiculous and I love it for those reasons. V? You're not aware. I am aware, sorry. Okay. I'm not not aware. <laughs> it was a double negative. I just forgot the second negative. I am very much aware. It's the same for me. It was another heavy rotation in my student house. Shall we pop on Cliffhanger? Or hmm? vertical limit. I I don't know. I've seen Cliffhanger slightly more times, but that's it. Like I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really silly. Also, uh, the length of it means you, if you're in that mood, you can kind of tune out for a bit, lose yourself in it. <laughs> it does take over an hour for them to start the fucking mm. rescue. Yeah. It's insane how long they spend. I think they have at least two meetings intense about the rescue mission. Mm. Chris, it's not good. Yeah. Um, I watched this when it came out on video, right? And I oh, not, not a cinema trip this one. No, <laughs> no. And I uh, can't, couldn't remember any of it. I haven't seen it since. That's couldn't remember any saying. of it. And watching it, I couldn't remember any of it. Even the opening scene, I think I was watching, thinking this is really good. But I, it just not, none of this has stuck in my brain. A lot of Chris O'Donnell films don't really stick in my brain though. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that was one of the things I read in a lot of the reviews. In fact, I, 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 can, I can vouch for it because I read one today and it was like the, the big hole in this movie is Chris O'Donnell. Mm, it's true, though. It's a problem. Mm. It's an yeah. issue. And, that's, and he didn't end up being an action star. This was the, supposed to be a launch pad, I guess. And I mean, he's done very well. He's got a great TV career with yeah. whatever that show is. NCIS, Miami, NCIS, whatever. One of them. LACI, One of the letters. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, not maybe not cut out for action man status yeah and indeed that's what one of the reviews said they were like he's really good in rom-coms but this is mm, this isn't right for him uh, so i'll tell you a little bit about the movie uh do you want to know a bit yeah mm. i do so would i there's very little out there um I, honestly i could barely find anything uh, about this movie outside uh, the very very over the top making of featurette called surviving vertical limits <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched it oh We'll be mm. dipping into that. Mm. Uh, what I did find out, though, having done a little bit more digging than I'm used to, God, effort. Uh, in 1996, there was an infamous climbing disaster on Everest that I just mentioned uh, in which eight climbers died. And there'd been a famous, if controversial, book about it written called Into Thin Air. Uh, now, this story, although not a direct adaptation of the book, would eventually become the 2015 movie Everest by Universal. But all the way back in 1997, Universal were trying to get that movie made with a producer by the name of Lloyd Phillips. Meanwhile, over at Sony, they were trying to get Robert King's script Vertical Limit into production. Uh, so Robert King, uh, whose previous movie we briefly mentioned on Monday, Cutthroat Island, uh, this is his last feature film that he wrote, but he's had a lot of success on TV with A Good Wife and more recently Brian Cranston's Your Honor. Uh, also getting credit, Terry Hayes, who did some uncredited work on Cliffhanger and had also previously written Dead Calm and Mad Max 2 and 3. Right. So those are the writers. So Sony have got this Robert King script. They hire Martin Campbell to direct, who was on a roll at the time. He just made Brosnan's best Bond movie, GoldenEye. Agree? Disagree? Mm. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And uh, he did a huge hit uh, with The Mask of Zorro. So, over at Universal, their Everest movie falls apart. Lloyd Phillips jumps ship and he joins Vertical Limit. And he brings with him a year's worth of research into mountain climbing. So, Campbell says uh, that dealing with the fictional events in Vertical Limit was what he wanted to do. He didn't want to direct uh, making of Into Thin Air because he said it would have been 100% realistic. <clears throat> I'm not here to make an absolutely by-the-book mountain climbing movie. The point of this exercise is to give the audience a two-hour thrill ride or at least a movie that lasts two hours with thrilling moments. <laughs> he, he, didn't say that. he didn't say that. He wanted to get the adrenaline pumping. Uh, apparently, Campbell uh, has vertigo, hates snow and hates helicopters, so he thought it'd be a challenge making this movie, or as he put it, it was better than filming some cop show in bloody LA. <laughs> Uh, Stallone goes on about his fear of heights on the back on the background of um, Cliffhanger, and one of the things he says is, "Sometimes I think carpets are too tall." Okay. Sorry, what the snow? He's got such bad vertigo that he thinks carpets are too tall. Really? Mm. Or he had it until he did Cliffhanger. That is some thick shag. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens in LA. You know, you make it's your money. <laughs> you buy a big carpet. <laughs> you buy a big carpet. A big lush carpet. Coming through the front door, climb on top of it. <laughs> only and inches I, from the ceiling. And I, and I bet he is a thick shag as well. <laughs> oh. So screenwriter Robert King does a bit of research. He consulted a guy called David Breeshears, who uh, directed a documentary about Everest. He was a climber. It was all about ensuring they didn't stray too far from reality. So it's this fine line between adrenaline that 
Campbell wants and King making a script that is at least a little bit authentic because in an earlier version of the screenplay, O'Donnell's character was going to be swept away by an avalanche but survives and King was told... That was excessively unrealistic. <laughs> so let's not put all this nitroglycerin up there. <laughs> uh, the cast trained uh, first inside, then outside doing some ice climbing. Uh, did you spot this quote? It's brilliant. Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, I've got it written down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right, before I say this, just to give him a little bit of a pass, he is being interviewed on set while he's been doing some ice climbing, he's in Montgomery Wick's outfit. Yeah. So when they say, how was it ice climbing? And he says, it's like climbing up the side of a giant diamond made by God. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you go, yeah, all right. Yeah, fine. Why not? Is that the quote you had? Mm. What an amazing quote. Uh, he convinced... Um, Martin Campbell to put in a, a moment where Wick is climbing the ice, uh, an ice face, because he was so good at it. Yeah. And Campbell says, actually, it was great because you actually see him on there and it's really him. Yeah. And uh, Scott Glenn was very good at ice climbing. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, where it was filmed. New Zealand at 10,000 feet, standing in for K2. I mean, watching that behind the scenes thing, it just looks like one of those shoots where you'd be like, oh, my God. This is a fucking logistical nightmare. Like they had to helicopter up toilets, catering, equipment up and down every day mm. to 10,000 feet. Um, but it's studying for K2. Um, K2 is known as, according to the documentary, I will uh, read you, and it is done in this voice. <laughs> K2, the most deadly, the most feared, the most highly prized jewel in mountaineering's crown. For every 10 climbers that reach its summit, the bodies of another seven life frozen on its unforgiving slopes. Yeah, if that's true, that number, these people should be shot. <laughs> They're fucking idiots. If that's how likely you are to die, just mm. stop doing it. I just, it just... It's well, crazy. Bill, Bill Paxton says in that documentary, he says it's a fool's game. It's like, I don't yeah. quite yeah. understand the people who do this. It's, no. it's a mad thing to do when... There is such a high chance that you are going to die if you're caught in a storm, yep. especially on the slopes of K2, which is famously the toughest mountain in the world to climb, tougher than Everest. It sounds, it does sound like it's not sort of like, I mean, there's a, there's a climber in this documentary who says it better than me. He says, you know, my advice, having been on K2, it's the only mountain I've ever climbed where I'm climbing it and watching climbers around me die. Okay. Uh, he also says, my advice, if you ever see a storm coming in, you're on K2, is to just drop everything you have and fucking run. Downwards. Run yeah. for your life. That's uh, Barry Blanchard. Barry Blanchard. That great yeah. name. But yeah, there's a thin line between bravery and stupidity, I would say. Mm. And this behaviour crosses over for me. Campbell calls this a monster movie where K2 is the monster. But like I said, filmed on Mount Cook in New Zealand. They never, it's weird, on the internet they keep going, yeah, 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 we're at K2. Like people sort of, sort of saying it was filmed there. I found a tiny little featurette where a company in Los Angeles had built miniatures of the K2 mountain range. And it's all, a lot of the vistas that you see in this is miniature work. They never went to K2, mm. as far as I can tell. I might be wrong. So a big hit, $200 million, over $200 million on a $55 million budget. Lovely. Shall we go through it? Yeah. All right. Just like Cliffhanger, we open strong. <laughs> Amateur climbers causing an accident, a loved one falling to their death, a terrible CGI eagle. That's new. <laughs> uh, it's not as harrowing as Cliffhanger. 
But um, but the dialogue is as good in terms of when Sarah's like, I don't want to die. That's like bare bones emotion. Mm. And when the dad is dangling away and his son isn't going to do what he's being asked, you're going to kill your sister is very good, very good. strong. And it's some dadding. It's like he's telling him off rather than begging him or asking him nicely or whatever. He's trying to like boss him into doing the thing that he should do. Mm. And that's awesome. But also you're wondering what they're going to do. And for me, it's the moment when he says, Peter, I want you to get your knife. And that as an audience member, you go, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so, Dad, carry a knife of your own. <laughs> this, would, this would be a very different film if you had your own fucking knife, mate. Because then, you know, you could just be like, listen, I'm not going to leave it up to you. God, that would be an awful thing to do, Peter. Why don't you just chuck me down the knife? Yeah, that's true. I'll do it. I'll I'll, save you from that. I can catch. I just think as well. So do they not have a mum? Because they, I didn't, I thought they did have a mum. But then later they're like, I saw Annie's like, we we were all he had. He would have done anything for us kind of thing. She's never mentioned really. She's mentioned like that in an abstract sense, but it's not like. Oh, okay. Mum was never the same. Oh, yeah. I just think. Your whole family going on a climb. If you, if mum's at home, like, I, I know it's not all about me kind of thing, but that would ruin my life. Like, if any of the children are like, so listen, I'm really into free climbing and stuff like that. No, you're not. I'm going to lock you in this house until you forget about climbing <laughs> up mountains because you, the stress every single day of like, and also then your whole family is dangling off a mountain. Well, just, you just got to make sure they're not on the same rope because you can lose one, but you don't want to lose more than one, That's do you? That's true, yeah. It's a numbers game. It is a numbers well, exactly. game. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you've got three. So one yeah. Of, yeah. can one of them be into free climbing? No. They, oh. And they tease me. They're like... They're too young to even know what it is, but they're like, we're going to get a motorbike one day. <laughs> and I'm like, but you're not, though. And I was like, if you've ever got a friend with a motorbike, you can't see that person anymore. If you've got a girlfriend with a motorbike or a boyfriend, you can't see that person anymore. You're never going anywhere near one. Fact. Wow. Yeah, I feel very strongly about it. But I can't... You, you, they've got to grow up, haven't they? They've got to do their thing. I just... Yeah, the whole family dangling away like that just made me feel very stressed. It's great when we talk about Easy Rider. Versus, <laughs> that might put them off. Street Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, flash forward uh, three years. I will say... The, the one shot that is, it, it does something that Cliffhanger doesn't do, and it's a very effective shot at the start, is that last shot where dad just falls, yeah. dunks Fucking awesome. into, part into of me, frame. It's like, oh my God. Part that's of me bleak. wants the Sam Raimi version of that, where the camera's on the floor looking up and you see his ah, face yeah. coming towards the camera and <laughs> landing on you. I think it's great. Flash forward three years. Peter has never climbed again since that day and now works for National Geographic. Geographic, they're the only Westerners who ever come to Pakistan without wanting to conquer something. Yeah, I I think it's a sign of the times of when it was written, but Peter is such a dick. So he's got his porter who is going to be a seasoned climber who's going to know these hills back to front, but it's the porter that disturbs the wildlife and it's the porter that breaks his leg like an idiot. How does he hurt his leg? The the, the porter (laughs) is the clumsiest man in the world, TM. Mountaineering is not a job for him. Not only does he sort of drop a camera film in the hut, he then just sort of like gets one leg caught behind the other. Yeah, and tripped, and it gets it's wedged the, in a rock. It's yes, the, the worst leg break in history, and I don't know how he did it. This, but this thread runs through the film, which in it, it's it's kind of fine now. It's a bit offensive that he's like, "Hey, Porter, I know what's I know how to get down off this mountain, and you don't." But 
later on, it's like only Peter, only Peter knows Morse code for some reason. Only Peter knows how mm. to mount the rescue. Like you said before, at base camp, paid for by a billionaire. Resources are not an issue. And he's like, we're going to need special tools. But this is a thing in both the movies. We didn't mention it as a, as a connection, but both uh, Gabe and Peter seem to have this preternatural sense yeah, uh, that no one else has. Yeah. Like Gabe's, mm. Gabe says there's a storm coming at one point and Peter sort of sees the snow drift on the yeah, mountain and goes, spin drift. <gasps> spin drift, that's <laughs> yeah. right. I like, I like that as well. I do too. A spin drift, it's good. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't know that I word. I learned something. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if it was made today if we'd use this trouble between India and Pakistan as sort of a fun background. Yeah. Add colour I mean, <laughs> to proceedings. <laughs> to give it credit though, I mean, this is like, this was... 1999 this was set and there was a war between India and Pakistan in 1999 so this was going on and it is it does add a little bit of it contextualizes stuff I could do without it because I don't feel like we have to go back there for the nitroglycerine but no. No, but the cricket and the tea, it just feels like a lot of cliches yeah. written by someone who doesn't know well, that let's, much. Let's meet some of the military here. We've got a Pakistani army officer, Major Russell, uh, played by Maori actor Tamura Morrison. Mm. Uh, then we've got uh, Colonel Salim, uh, played by Roshan Seth, his third appearance mm. on the show after... Oh, what is it? Come on, there's two. Temple of Doom. Temple of oh, Doom, God, yeah. where he, and, he plays Chatterlal. And uh, because we haven't done Gandhi yet, it's Street Fire. It is Street Fire. Dr. Dalsim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's very good. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Uh, so, we hear about multimillionaire Elliot Vaughan, played by the late, great Bill Paxton, before we meet him. It's good. We get mixed messages about this guy at the yeah. start. It's nice. Mm. Sort of backfooting us because he survived a previous ascent gone wrong four years ago. He was the only one of his party who walked out of the death zone mm. after 24 hours. So, as someone says, He's a bloody good climber. He's a bloody good climber. Bloody good climber. But then I was a bit wrong-footed because uh, Peter says to Annie, she's like, this is all fine. I know what I'm doing. I wouldn't let anyone compromise my climb. And he's like, how long have you known him? And it's like, oh, do you know him then? Like, Is there something we don't know? No, this again, this is Peter's preternatural sense. sense. He can just sense because he says things like, he's climbing to a schedule. What does the mountain have to say about that? <laughs> I love that. Yep. <laughs> what does the mountain have to say about that? I don't know. So let's meet him. Elliot Vaughan. How good is Bill Paxton in this role? The minute he steps out of that helicopter, that sort of false showmanship, that that bravado, that yeah. sort of the minute he goes up to um, oh my god, what's his name? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do him now. Where is it? It's written is it down here. Ri- Ed Vistas. Oh, Ed Viestas. Ed Viestas. Uh, he is a, a real guy. He's the guy who Bill uh, Paxton goes up to and goes, It's an honor to meet yeah. you. You know, you're this is guy. Climbed eight of the 12 peaks without oxygen. It's the cl- I love it. It's the classic, like, you're the billionaire. You know, everyone's there for you. They want to take your photo. Movie stars do it as well. It's like, let's not talk about me right yeah. now. Let's talk about this guy because exactly. he's the real hero. And it makes you look amazing mm. for pulling focus away from yourself. Yeah. Of his character, Paxton says, you might like him. You might not like him. But by God, you're going to respect him. <laughs> Untrue. But <laughs> I mean, fine. yeah, yeah. I think, I think the character he had in his head. Maybe they hadn't filmed the scenes where he murders someone. <laughs> murders someone who can't move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he is here to scale K two as a marketing exercise for his new airline, Majestic Air. 
uh, where they're gonna. <laughs> I never really understood this. This yeah. feels like too much information. So can you it's see like, the top of K two from the right. sky? How like is it just is it just them waving? It's like why mm. do you need to time it to the plane then? Because you're not gonna get you and the fucking plane in shot. <laughs> I don't think. As you as you well know, I used to wave at planes when I was a child. Yeah, and um, they're not over for long. <laughs> Probably even less time if you're up that mountain. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a silly it's a silly. Conceit in in, the, in this whole section, as we're as we're going to discover very quickly, there's a lot more information than we need. He there, can be going. Um, up. There's so much information yeah. in this half hour, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. There's so many subplots. There's so, and you're trying to think well, as a viewer, you're like, well, which one's important here? What mm. do I need to focus on? Um, and it turns out a lot of them you don't need to. Do you know what? I do agree with you. And as we go through this, it's going to become apparent that I agree with you. And yet I do quite enjoy it. I quite enjoy because it because like, I've not been to a base camp and I quite like this sort of like, it feels like, and I have no idea if this was a, this is what a base camp is like, but for me, I'll deal with it. I'm like, okay, let's let's go with this as a base camp. And I quite like just hanging out but, there. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think the party's necessary, but do it all at the party in the space of three minutes. Bang, bang, bang. If you, if you want to chuck all these conversations in there, but it's just, there's so many meetings and mm. announcements and conversations and parties and things that it's too much. Well, let's go through some of them. Uh, oh. So, who do we meet here? We meet documenting Vaughn's climb, Pete's sister Annie, who hates him because he killed their dad, <laughs> even though she 100% could not reach the rock phase. <laughs> uh, we meet Skip Taylor. No one knows the mountain better than him. He's going bankrupt. Unnecessary information. <laughs> uh, he is taking a movie producer with dysfunctional bowel syndrome Why? up the mountain. Yeah. Why? I guess he's having, he's, someone's having a dig at some movie producer, but that never comes back. Yeah. It never comes back. I think what they're saying here, uh, to give it its due, is it's about the commercialisation of climbing. It's turned into a circus. It's, yes. it's the idea that this guy has, has no ability at climbing, but he can pay enough money that he'll get to climb K2 and perhaps die. And it's the commercialisation of climbing and people with a lack of experience climbing. We meet Tommy McLaren, who Vaughn has paid a million dollars to take him to the summit. Why he didn't pick Skip Taylor, who no one knows the mountain better than, <laughs> even though Skip actually pitched for the job, is bewildering. <laughs> There's Monique, played by Isabella Skorupko. She's French-Canadian, and the day she's Canadian, she can be quite pleasant. <laughs> this is one of only two bits of her character we will learn for two hours of this film, <laughs> the other being she went to medical school. We meet Aussie bros Malcolm and Cyril, who make mountain moonshine. Malcolm being played took me a while to recognise him me too him. he's so so good mm. a young Ben Mendelsohn weird it just doesn't look like him no he's got more lean I mm. think as he's got older one of those people who looks better as they've got older 100% definitely definitely or maybe it's just the character he's playing who's a fucking idiot <laughs> we meet Montgomery Wick a man who has embraced local culture doesn't like Vaughan and thinks nothing of dry shaving his beard off <laughs> with a cutthroat fucking razor like a madman. I thought because he's got he's got the big wild hair as well. And when he gets the razor, I was like, well, it's all going to go. But no, he's still got the big wild hair, but just a shaven face. It's more shocking than a son killing his dad. It's funny. Watching someone dry shave with a blade. Because I've never done it, but I look, I was like, am I, is it just me? Do I not know enough about shaving? And I looked it up and it's like every website I went and was like, slather your face in mm. as much yeah. cream and moisture yep. as Would possible. You know, Have a shower first. Cut your skin off. Yeah, but if you didn't, you, if you didn't, you're going to give yourself such a monumental rash. It'll a burn, be yeah, yeah. Be, but yeah, a burn, not a rash. It's, yeah, it's you ever shave with a cutthroat razor? Uh, I've had a couple of professional ones done and ended up with a rash afterwards, okay. and I've, I've found it very uncomfortable. And also, I've got a mole under here. They always cut it. Whoa! Oh. 
Ouch. That's nasty. So, yeah, I, I just do it myself. <laughs> Never seen you, Mole, because of your beard. Well, that's, that's good to I'm know. I'm looking for it now, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. That's really rude. I'm proud of oh, it. All right, let's crack on with some. We've got a lot of people to still to meet. We meet David Heyman playing uh, Frank Chainsaw Williams. Oh, Heyman. I was trying to figure out who that was. David Heyman. David Heyman, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, we did this on the Free Guy episode where it's uh, Channing Tatum's character is called Revengemin Buttons, <laughs> and yet they never mention it in the film. Here, he's called in the like in the in the credits Frank Chainsaw Williams. Never mentioned in the film. Why? Why is he called Frank Chainsaw Williams? What has he done? What's his history? It Give suggests me that this film might be longer, which is a terrifying thought. And there's a scene of him with a chainsaw. We get to meet mountain guide Karim. Uh, Karim, played by Alexander Siddig, uh, who hugs a relative goodbye as he heads up the mountain. We don't know who that relative is. Later, he's like, that's my cousin. Right. It's like, oh, okay. We, I don't think we ever see his face, no. uh, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, he's off up there to die. Uh, basically, would you say there are too many people we meet? Yeah. A yeah. I almost would have left some of them out just then. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's get up the mountain then, uh, right after this break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, Vaughn and his team have set off as Peter watches them go. Oh, fucking Peter. He notices. Uh, first of all, a tribute to Miami Wick. Uh, which by complete chance he's standing next to that convenient. <laughs> Not the first bit of convenience that happens regarding dead Myama Wick. Uh, there's another one coming up, which is insane. But he realises it's Montgomery Wick's dead wife. But then what does he notice? The spindrift. 
to be not a suspender. Do you know why? Because Peter knows shit that no one else does. All that equipment they've got is for naught Mm. because he just used his eyes. So a storm is coming. It may or may not hit. Sensible Tom McLaren wants to call off the ascent, but Vaughan bullies him into carrying on by basically saying you'll look like a dick if the storm doesn't (laughs) hit. Do you want to be a dick forever? They do a bit where... Annie's like, no, I want to keep going. Yeah, so Annie agrees with him. Which but I'm... that's fine. First of all, it's like there's a 70% chance it will turn east. And she's like, let's keep going. We're five hours from the summit. No problem. Then the storm worsens. And Tom's like, we really do have to go. And no one tells her. So she doesn't ever get a chance to go, oh, it's worsened, has it? Oh, I've changed my mind. I'd like to go back down. I don't know. But Annie he... seems like an idiot to me. Yeah, she... In that moment, I've got it right here because Tom does, he is the paid for guide. Yeah. And he says no. And obviously, Elliot Vaughan has ulterior motives for his marketing thing for Majestic Air when the plane flies overhead. So he's got a reason to get up there, money basically. But unprompted in that moment, Annie does go, Mm. I'm with Elliot on this. (laughs) Unprompted. And so the man who's in charge, the man who they've paid to listen to the advice on, they both gang up on him. Now, Annie does that unprompted. And at no point in the movie, when she is lying next to dead Tom (laughs) slash dying Tom, does she go... By the way, you know earlier, mm-hmm. yeah, that's on me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. No, and I, it, it does make me feel like because of what she says here, she doesn't deserve to be rescued. Yep. She's actually got her climber killed. Uh, I mean, it's there so that we can we know that Vaughn is a liar because just before he's asked who plays God and he says the best climber, mm. he's saying, I will listen to Tom. Mm. And obviously, 10 minutes later, he doesn't. He, he does the opposite Tom of what Tom Tom never gets listened to. No. Um, but so, yeah, it upsets me. I wish I wish Annie didn't say that here. I think I think it spoils the movie a little bit. It's a weird thing for her to say, but I you know, I shrug it off because I'm enjoying this. Because uh, uh, Peter is now convinced the storm is going to hit, and he literally manhandles a woman off a telescope, uh, <laughs> just chucks her to the side, <laughs> yeah. and you can see her go, "What the fuck? <laughs> Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, like, he doesn't even sort of say, "Sorry, my my sister's up there. I just want to check the storm." He's just like, "Get off the fucking telescope!" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, no, definitely a storm." Now, and uh, unfortunately uh, for Tom, he's up the mountain, but he finds his balls too late. And uh, we get our first of two avalanches, which leaves Vaughn, Annie and Tom in their main location for the rest mm. of the movie, an ice crevasse. It's such a shame because I, I really like Robin Tunney and I think she's a good actor. And that's not just because of the craft. It's it, also, is. it is, but all right. But also because of vertical limits. Mm. And so you've got a female lead and she's going to spend the whole movie coughing in a cave. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's a bit You've of got shame. her coughing in the cave and you've got Bill Paxton, who I love, just snarling. <laughs> He's like smog down there, <laughs> smouldering and snarling. And I'm like, oh, this is not the Paxton I love. But the moment she falls through, that, I, I think the set pieces, I think some of the effects are a bit poor compared to Cliffhanger, even mm. though Cliffhanger is the earlier That's film. funny, Georgina said this looks a lot cheaper. Yeah. Was this yeah. made before Cliffhanger? I said, no. Yeah, no. but when she falls through the crack, that was a there's there's some there's some parts yeah. of the set pieces I think really rescue it, and I think they I are tense, and I do think they get the adrenaline I going. Agree. And does she catch through... a man down there? I feel <laughs> she like she does. catches a man. Yeah, I think she wow, does. <laughs> that's seriously impressive. <laughs> so back at base camp, uh, people have heard of the accident. Um, a woman is crying. Who is if she? you're gonna do that, do it outside. She's crying so much. <clears throat> I'd forgotten this. I was like, well. 
she must be in on a secret or she's a secret lover or she's like, I'm carrying his baby or something. Cause she, not because of how upset she is, but no one else is really that bothered and she's super upset. It, it feels too soon as well. It feels like we've had no news. Give it a moment. We, yeah. they, they've only just disappeared. She's like, they're definitely dead. <laughs> this is the, the, the guys. There's a lot the of only... machismo, isn't there? A bit of toxic masculinity in this film. There's, a lot, there's some stuff that happens a bit later with... Um, uh, Isabella Scarupo's character yeah. as well. It's a bit. I wonder if it's a bit like that. Base camp does seem a quite bromancy sort of laddie <clears> fraternity <throat> yeah. kind of place. Yeah, yeah, because you're living on the edge, and so there's no time for manners, I mm. guess. I just think, um, but also she's the only this random woman crying by the monitor seems to be the only person that is that bothered. Like they are very quickly like, well, we're not going to go back. Like no one, even though he's paying their wages and all the rest of it. Mm. Uh, although we quickly find out uh, because Annie and Peter know Morse code because no Annie and Peter know Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> but these people are seasoned climbers mm. and they're like, what's that annoying tapping noise? <laughs> oh, it's Morse code. <laughs> do you either of you know Morse code? No. I know SOS. Yeah, I bet you do from cadets. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, really? No. What was your military training again? <laughs> I <can't even> military <laughs> training. <laughs> <laughs> What's your rank again? <laughs> I did three you, you months. You talk about it all the time, voluntarily. The Once, I, asked I did you, three months, I hated. <laughs> what was it again? It was called CCF, Combined Cadet Force. Right, okay. CCF. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Oh my God, there's only one group that can save us. It's the Croydon CCF. <laughs> Said, what, what are your friends always called? Tills or shorty, baggy, whatever. Ginger, bagels, yeah. <laughs> Fighty McFighty. Is that why they all have nicknames? Because you all had to have nicknames in You have to have CCF. a handle in the CCF. <laughs> Does everyone have a nickname? I'm pretty sure. All your I, friends have got I nicknames. I don't know any of your friends' names other than things like Baggy Pants and, <laughs> and Short Rounds. Say one real one and I'll let you off. Um, You've got a, a Topper. Frig, I don't know. <laughs> you can't be Shorty. Who's the, who's the wedding are you going to next week? Paddy. Oh, right. That's his name. <laughs> his name's Patrick. That doesn't work at all. That's on me. Fair enough. Gizmo. What is one? Give, give us one. I can't think of one. What's the stupidest one? Um, s- uh, Smudger? <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Smith. Smith. Smudger. 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 Oh, Doddy. His name's Dodd. Yep. I mean... Smudger. Doddy. With a CCF. <laughs> Good, good. Uh, right. So it turns out, thanks to uh, two people uh, in a climbing community knowing Morse code, uh, <laughs> that uh, Vaughn, Tom, and Annie are alive. Cheers for everyone. Yeah. Until they see Kareem at yeah. the door. And then it was like, oh, a person oh, of colour died. We're so insensitive. This but is again, that's Peter's moment. It's fine. They're all like, oh, hooray, the white people are safe. Everything's fine. And it's only Peter that's like, I'm so sorry for your loss, which is meant to make you go, Peter's a good guy because he's noticed. Yep, because uh, Peter knows shit no one else knows. He spots everything. He's got a preternatural sense for yep. embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> this is embarrassing. This is awkward. This, the emotional spindrift coming off Kareem <laughs> is letting me know we should stop cheering. <laughs> Uh, we get to one of my favourite scenes in the movie. Uh, I, I'm not picking it at the end, but it is still a fucking blinding scene. It's been established ad verbatim early on that no one, no one knows this mountain better than Skip <laughs> Taylor, which begs the question why, A, he wasn't leading Vaughan's expedition because he did try and get the gig, and B, why he stands silently by as Peter, who has not climbed in three years and never climbed K2, tells a room full of climbers at the Bay two, <laughs> K2 base camp, it's not just going to be snow. 
It's going to be ice and rock. We're going to need special tools. I'm not sure how much of that stuff we have around here. Why doesn't Skip go? Well, actually, made all of it. I don't, uh, know, what, I don't we, know what Skip is. I don't understand what Skip is doing there. Is he meant there? to be a baddie? Because Monique is in a sexual relationship with Skip, which we'll find out later. But then she seems to be at the end, oh, I'm with Pete. And it's like, is that because is Skip a bad guy? Or is it so. not going to happen? I, I don't know. Skip's meant to be all right. He's just like, he gets sidelined here. It's it's like, Peter's like, we can't find any of the kids. Like, it's right there, mate, in the corner. We have everything we need. <laughs> we have I just don't know where need. it is, Skip. Behind you, Peter. Behind, <laughs> literally behind you. Everything. Ice and rock, we're, we're, we're all very aware is up there. <laughs> this is this is not news to anyone in this room, uh, but, uh, but thanks thanks for the pointers. Because also, Stop the ice and rock, <laughs> I think because when we first, maybe because they didn't want to do a cliffhanger, but the first time you see Peter, he's climbing arid rock. He's in a desert, mm. so he shouldn't really. You, you're like, well, what do you know about ice and rock and snow and all the rest of it? I love it. Yeah, it's it's fine. Peter's in charge. Uh, but they do need nitroglycerine mm. uh, for excitement purposes. So we're off back to Colonel Salim. And uh, we're not just going to be told how dangerous it is, but we're going to be shown mm. how dangerous it is. And, and how are we shown? Because Skip gets Skip. it on That's what shoe. Skip's here for. Skip is standing in bomb juice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which means we have played seriously <laughs> the ridiculous scene of a man throwing an exploding shoe. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to Who take in at this shoe? point. Who throws a shoe? I, it's just one subplot too many. <laughs> he throws a shoe and we're supposed to take He's like, fucking hell, that stuff's dangerous. You're not thinking yet. They're going, fucking hell, that shoe exploded. He's, he's trying to defuse a shoe. It's a bomb it- shoe. He's got a bomb shoe on. But also, I think in the the war between Pakistan and India flares up and is intractable and is long and it's only the Himalayas that prevents them from storming over and killing the shit out of each other and all the rest of it. And it's a long-standing feud. And the Pakistani army are like... You can have those if you want. It's like, really, I, I would have thought you'd want to hang on to it. Probably wants to get rid of it because it's quite unstable. And also, the containers don't work very yeah. well. No, it's it leaking. Le- it leaks a lot. <laughs> it's leaking. My favourite shot, though, is after, uh, after they've thrown an exploding shoe. You can see Skip in the background with yeah. his head in his hands, and it's like, those are my favourite shoes. I think he's because he looks shaken. He's like, my, my leg nearly exploded. Yeah. Uh, we're over 50 minutes in and the mm. rescue mission still has not no. begun. It's a prob- That's a problem. Uh, it's, it's fine. We had an exploding shoe. That's mm. distracted us for a while. I'm, I'm kind of okay. I'm, I'm actually not... I sort of noticed it because I was like, okay, how long is this moving? Then it was like mm. over two hours. I'm it's like, all right, fine. So uh, we're putting the band together. Peter looks for volunteers. Um, Real-life climber Ed Viciers says, you're willing to risk the lives of six lives for the sake of three? Uh, that will come back to be proved absolutely correct. Um, Cyril and Malcolm volunteer. Everyone else keeps quiet. And then Vaughan's right-hand man, Frank Chainsaw <laughs> Williams, offers 500k, which doesn't mean that it make you think Cyril and Malcolm should have waited about five minutes I longer. I wondered if they would go, we get it though, don't we? Because <laughs> exactly. it's on the table now and it is a bit unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that entices Monique to go, who inexplicably smokes next to nitroglycerine. It's so fun. Like this kind of character that you do, where she's like, she takes no shit. She doesn't take any shit from the boys. She the, hits someone in the face. But she's also an idiot. She's, she's she an idiot. Is, yeah. yeah. They're like, why are you smoking next to the night? Yeah. Why she, are she, you she, doing she that? She punches him because he's made a blowjob 
a joke. sexist comment. Yeah. Fine, fair enough, do that. But don't have her then punch. She loses the high ground she if she's smoking next to the bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think she can only. That's be worse s- than a sexist comment. <laughs> she can only be smoking next to it because someone desperately wanted the really bullshit line. Uh, it's when Cyril goes. Always hoped she'd blow us. Yeah. That's it. That's the only reason to have her smoking there. Yeah. And also, if she's about to go climbing, she looks like she's just broken her hand. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and her hand does break quite easily. So they uh, immediately replace Skip in the team with Montgomery Wick, who becomes the de facto leader when he mm. hears Vaughn is up there because clearly he has a score to He refuses up. the call for five seconds. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, no, it's fine. I did wonder, I don't, because I didn't do any research into it, but... It's such a good job that Scott Glenn is there to be the person taking you up the mountain because even though Peter is like the de facto leader, Chris O'Donnell is just a bit of a void. Like there's, I, I, I like him in The Three Musketeers, as you know, but I, I cannot really bear him in this because he's just empty and he's just right. gotten... So Montgomery Wick's there because he's touching the void. Touching the void, very good. Yeah. But I just thought, it's like, well, you want Montgomery Wick to go because he's awesome, but... <laughs> Took a while. He liked it. Oh, okay, no, I don't... Fine, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not right. my thing, I don't know. Oh, I know, it's, it's not. Cle- it's very clever, though. It is it? Mm. <clears throat> not that, I said void. So. Have, you, have you ever seen Touching the Void? Well, yes, I've seen so, Touching so, the Void. So I, what he's done, he's connected them. Yeah. Okay. So you, you've gone from going, I didn't like it at all, to going, well, I actually said void. Are you now claiming <laughs> ownership? Half of it. Half of it. <laughs> but I thought you hated it. Why are you claiming mean... half of something you hated? Because that's just how it, you just have to. <laughs> oh, that is the weirdest thing you've ever done. That's a shit joke. But I, I sorry, but but I was the one who said void, so it's fifty percent me. Well, yeah, void, yeah. which is a great setup. It's a great setup, void. I've forgotten what I was going to say. No, no, I no. suspect was your point. You know, it wasn't. You were talking about I how it's important that it's... Montgomery Wicks there. Because... Did they cast Chris O'Donnell? They were like, oh shit, let's rewrite it super quick. That he's got a buddy to go up the mountain with who actually is in charge because this guy can't be in charge. No, because they need someone to kill. Uh, Elliot Vaughan. Yeah, okay. And Chris O'Donnell ain't going to do that because he's Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. He's a good guy and he's got no vendetta, a score to settle. So we get uh, the standout sequence for me the first time I watched it. Perhaps not as much now, but certainly I still love it. The helicopter yes, scene. Fantastic. This, this time round, just watching it as more of a grown up, I thought it slightly tipped into, but maybe it was just in a funny mood. Do you actually know what you're doing? <laughs> because it's gone so wrong. But the first million times I watched it, it's tense, it's exciting. When Monique gets her arm chopped, yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. It's got the blades, it's got uh, the fact the helicopters are about to conk out, yeah. it's got them hanging off the railings. I mean, they did it. You watched the same documentary. Mm, it looks amazing, them shooting it, doesn't it? It does, all in blue screen in a set, but it looks, um, you know, it looks fantastic. So meanwhile, in the crevasse, uh, we see Vaughan's survival instincts kick in. Mm. His whole character reminds me of Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Sea, the speech he gave, gives Oh yeah, just before he exits. I've always linked the two because he's talking about how they were trapped yes, up on a yeah, mountain yeah, and yeah. What, when he's a millionaire and what they had to do to survive. It's like they're built from mm. the same cloth. Yeah. It's like, you know, this like survival of the fittest thing. Yeah. I'm not going I'm I'm gonna go down fighting. Thinking of a billionaire at a disaster though, it kept me I kept thinking about Elon Musk trying to help those kids in the cave. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't always go right. Here's a submarine, <laughs> you pedo. <laughs> Unbelievable. Steering um, court, don't care. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of stuff now about what time someone should take decks, uh, mm. you know, how long they have to wait. It's, I, I had to Google it. I didn't really know what they were talking about. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of chat about that. I mean, it's cool that he says, why should three people die if two can live? Because mm-hmm. obviously that was the start of the film. Mm. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that mirror image That's there nice. and, and his Darwinism going on. But um, yes, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a, I, I, yeah, I just, I get a bit lost down there. What's, I, I kind of who's want doing what. Tom to answer the question as well. When, when, when Elliot poses the question, like, look, if you, we give it to you, you will kill not just me, but her. Mm. So, and he's like, what, well, you just expect me to lie here and die? But you sort of want it like, and he's like, well, yeah, kind of. It's like you, <laughs> yeah. you, you do want Tom to sort of, the onus to be on him to go, well, actually, I see your point. I probably am not going to make it. And if it gives you the chance, I won't take it. At least we know what Alex would do if we were in this situation. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, make no mistake. I'm Elliot. Smaug over there. I'm, I'm Elliot sm- Moore in this it's movie. It's charming that you started with make no mistake. <laughs> I wouldn't make that mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have to wrestle you to get a fucking cup of water from you, let alone a life-saving drug. (laughs) He's drank the whole bottle of water straight away. Yeah, it's done. I'd have all the decks at once. (laughs) Get really super high. I feel amazing. I'm going to punch my way out of this mountain. He takes so much decks it would kill him. (laughs) I'd die both giving giving both of you the finger. (laughs) Frozen like that. <laughs> You'd be stabbing it all over. <laughs> oh, it would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, so let's kill off some climbers. Cyril's the first to go. Slides off a cliff. Get back. Get back. Gets back on the cliff, and then is knocked off the cliff by the ensuing avalanche. Yeah, I think the Monique rescuing him sequence is brilliant Lovely. when the ice ledge becomes the sort overhead. of cracked. That's yeah. fucking amazing. Great. It's just a shame. No, in terms of the writing, the tension where he's like, oh, you nag, 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 whatever. Hilarious, fun. But for him to be wiped out by an avalanche, you'd be being picky. Like, oh, I've seen an avalanche, so I don't I don't want to see another one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It is our second avalanche of the movie. Uh, it's And it's not the first time. It's not the only time the movie does that uh, thing where it goes, they think they're safe and they're laughing and having a good time. Only Boom. to find out that, <laughs> yeah. no, they're, they're, they're very much I know not. we talked about Monique not having much character beyond when she's Canadian, she's pleasant, and today she's French and stuff like that. But she does say, they're like, she's like, I'm, I'm a good climber. Am I a good climber? And he's like, oh, you couldn't climb a ladder. You're that good, kind of thing. When they close, when there's a close-up on her eye and you can see that she's measuring the distance to how to get that little loop over the pick. Yep. And then later on when she knows she has to jump, you know, when she breaks her finger... I come away from that thinking, you. I know nothing about climbing. I do now believe that you are genuinely a really good climber, mm. that you haven't rescued these people sort of through dumb luck. It was pure skill. Yeah. So I think that's good. Mm-hmm. A weird moment, though, because Peter hears the explosion from the nitro, mm. which blows up when it falls out of the rucksack, and he says to Wick, he goes, uh, I'm going back. Yeah. They could still be alive. And you're like... What? No, 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 no. <laughs> You've orchestrated this entire thing to save your sister, who you know has a very, very yeah. short window of life left. And you're like, I might just go back, see if they're... They might be dead, yeah. but they might not be. I'll just but waste, I'll I'll just, I don't know, six just hours. Back. Pete, we really need you to focus here. <laughs> <laughs> We're trusting in you. My favourite scene with Peter a little bit earlier, because it's so, he, he comes off looking such a fucking idiot, where... He says to him, Wick, if you've got an agenda, yeah, you should just go back. He's like, cool, see you later. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck, like that bluff didn't work. And he's like, no, 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 no I'm joking. It's part of a routine I do. It's, so it's my type five for the store. But yeah, I, I don't mean it. Stay there. Uh, so uh, Anna uses the decks against Vaughn's wishes. Bill Paxton does one of cinema's best glares at her when she does. Yeah. So good. Uh, Monique gets a bit of backstory, which we touched on. Uh, she's sleeping with Skip. Um, 
Malcolm is crying over his brother Cyril's death. Uh, Kareem walks over and his words of comfort while uh, Malcolm's on his knees are, I think you should turn back. Yeah. And then walks off. Yeah, I didn't get it. No, I didn't either. Is I'm, he being kind? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was he was giving him an out going, look, I'll do this on my own. I'm yeah. giving you the out. But it sort of it reads quite cold. Yes. And he's not a cold person. No. So. Uh, but it doesn't matter because at one hour, 30 minutes, uh, it turns out that nitroglycerin operates in exactly the same way as the candy canes from Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a film. <laughs> what a weird steal. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it does connect us. Uh, it does mean that John Lithgow is another connector know, for yay! the film. Just amazing. I'm like, I was watching going, I've seen this before. Yeah, it's Dudley Moore's candy canes. When they get hot, they blow up. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Why does the Pakistani army not know that? That's the thing <laughs> I don't understand. That's why I said that's why they're getting rid of them. Yeah. Oh, right, because they they're broke. palming them off. <laughs> why have they taken nitroglycerin up the mountain in the first place when dynamite, which doesn't tend to react with the sun, would work just as well? It's like this. <laughs> no wonder. It's like, well, can we have the dynamite instead? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> take, no. Take this. This is the only thing in in the world that blows up ice and rock. It's the special tool, Peter, <laughs> that you need. Uh, so, uh, Kareem and Malcolm, I, I love their death because they. It's like I've replayed it twice because they literally just disintegrate. Yeah. The nitro I explodes. don't like it because it's. Well, I'll come back to this later. But when it's silly, it doesn't for me it doesn't quite work because I think this film is reaching. I like it when it's reaching for more and it's failing in that, and that makes me laugh. When it's intentionally silly, I don't quite get it. Like I don't gel with it. Like they drop a know, bottle of water silly. and they're like, ha ha ha, boom. It's very, it's very silly, Alex. <laughs> I don't know, they disintegrate in just a, like it's sort of a smudge of blood. It's so <laughs> gross. It's awful. Anyway, uh, their explosion. Uh, the second uh, convenience uh, uh, about Wick's late wife, not only was Chris O'Donnell, Peter, standing next to her when they disappear off up the mountain, the tribute to her, uh, now the expl explosion has revealed her body. So let's just get this right, because in a movie that isn't short of convolution, I'm going to explain. It reveals the body of Wick's wife, and we finally find out that Vaughn is a murderer because she was his guide. He said on a TV interview that the decks got swept away. Wick knew his wife always carried it on there, so Vaughn must have stolen it and used it on himself, leaving her none. So why did Peter find the empty decks box by her body? And if it got swept away, it wouldn't be there, and it isn't there. But so... he's saying that it didn't get swept away. Vaughn stole it. But why would Vaughn then leave the empty decks thing next to her? I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. It's also convenient that her body just, he's been searching for it for four years. Yeah. And just now. Yeah. Now it just appears. Well, he's been looking in the wrong place the whole time. They're like, he's always on the shoulder. She's not on the shoulder. <laughs> She's really far up. Um, uh, shout out to Leela Patel, who apparently plays her. Okay. Is it not a model? Or not well, it a... looks like a dummy. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there, but whatever she did, it was a thankless task. <laughs> uh, Wick says, because uh, obviously. Um, he understands now, Peter, that Wick plans to kill Vaughn. And he said, I'm not going to let you do that. And Vaughn, um, uh, oh. Wick gets to uh, use the title of the movie in his response. Yeah. Peter, do you know where you are? Above 24,000. You're at the vertical limit. <laughs> You're already dying. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah. But you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much uh, indestructible. <laughs> 
Have you ever dry shaved off a beard with a cutthroat razor? The vertical limit means shit all to me. Watch this. See how much I can breathe? More than you. <laughs> all right, the, the time scale gets all wonky here. We find out they're five hours away from Peter's sister. She says, I've only got an hour left. She clearly doesn't. She said, but then she goes, I've got an hour Two tops. That's double. Like, which is it? <laughs> How rough are you feeling? But the whole timescale of this movie, did anyone else get a bit confused? Because it feels like Vaughn's team have just left when Peter goes, spin drift, and, like, goes, this is bad, and the storm comes in. And then after they have their accident, mm. it's like, and now it's going to take you... Uh, 22 hours. Twenty. I think it was 26, 22 hours to reach them, despite having a helicopter lift like to a higher altitude yeah, than you right. previously had. It's like, why did they get there in what feels like no time at all and now it's going to take you with the use of a helicopter 22 hours? Triv- quick trivia question. When you are, when you, is there other rules about climbing big, the big peaks, the big mountains, that you can't use a helicopter to get you as far as you can and then you climb? Do you have to start from ground level and then climb all the way up in order to have said you've done it? Or do you get to cheat and get dropped off halfway up the top? Are you uh, are you are you trying to climb Everest with a helicopter? I haven't I haven't walked up a hill <laughs> of any sort it's a good for question. a long time. I'm assuming it's probably something to do with what happens in this, where you have to set off from base that's camp what I because think, that's yeah. the only suitable place to oh, pick you up can, supplies. You can be dropped a couple of yards off the top and it still counts. It does not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think <laughs> I'll do that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you mean like Primrose Hill? Yeah, Pendle Hill. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the phone call that we were just talking about, uh, Peter is closing in on the crevasse. That phone call is based on the famous phone call that I think it's, um, is it Rob Hall who died on Everest? The one he makes at the end of Everest right. to his wife. Um, it was based on that when Robin sort of signs off with, good night, Peter, I love you. Oh. It's based on the climactic moment of what turns out to be 2015's Everest. Vaughn murders Tom by injecting air. Peter does that cool jump from the trailer with two ice picks across a ravine. Like that. Looks good. Um, Annie and Vaughn, this is good. Annie and Vaughn use Tom's blood to I show... I fucking love this bit! Isn't it great? So mm. good! Mm. It's really good, because you're one... You, uh, for me, I was trying, I couldn't understand what was happening. Nope. And then when, when it happens... And you finally realise, like, wow, it's that so is cool. hardcore. Yeah, it's the- so brilliant. And when it's like the bag is leaking on her face. Yeah. Oh, it's, I think it's brilliant. Big explosion of the yeah. blood with the flag. And it's awesome. It's a slight issue. Uh, it, it means mm. it's actually a very good job Vaughn murdered Tom. Otherwise, no one could find them. Yeah. Hmm. Thank God Vaughn decided to do the murder yeah. so they could borrow Tom's blood. What was the plan? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so well done, Vaughn. Turns out he's a, he's a great guy. You might not like him, but God damn it, you'll respect him. <laughs> so Peter uses the nitroglycerine to blow open the crevasse. Does he use too much? Just <laughs> doesn't know that says bang on it. Really big, convey the message. Big, enough. Big explosion in this movie. Yeah, some of the biggest I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Mm. It's a bit. It's quite big. Big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bang. Should he have said more? Yeah. I don't know. Did he... Back away using nitroglycerine to blow open. <laughs> As you say, the time frame's odd because if they had enough time to drain an entire body of blood, <laughs> I think he had time to write more than bang. <laughs> uh, so uh, Wick turns up. Uh, he's going to kill Vaughn and then he becomes the bigger man and decides, no, 
Mm. He's not a murderer. He's not like the re- monster that he, is Vaughn. He retains his humanity. He does. Um, until the mountain gives him the opportunity. And Wick has to cut the rope, which sends him and Vaughn plummeting mm. to their deaths. And Vaughn, I love this death, screams, no, no, having survived all of that yeah. just to have his life ended at the moment of freedom and escape is great. And to have it out of his hands just dangling there. There's nothing he can do. Yeah. This man who just wants to survive and live. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. But it's a great death. Shouldn't he have cut Vaughn first? Vaughn's below him. Yes. Uh, cut him and see what happens. <laughs> give, it, give yourself a fighting chance. You don't have to do this but at maybe, this exact second. Maybe he. it's poetic for him. It's like, I found my wife. I know she's He's dead. He's at peace, I've, yeah. I've, I've literally, I've closed that chapter of my life and I get to take this man with me. I don't have anything to live for. I love her that much. I'm just saying, take a second. <laughs> <laughs> you can't backtrack on this one. Check your pockets for a winning lottery ticket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll let him go first. Uh, so, yeah, great death. Monique and Peter kiss for no discernible reason. Naughty. Um, not at all. So uh, many people dead, but don't worry, I made up with my sister and got a hot girlfriend out of it. <laughs> yeah, and then we end on uh, the uh, the song game, and then which is sort of almost a little bit cruel, I, I feel. I see why they've done it. I wonder if there was a conversation. We have the tributes on a rock pile for all the climbers who died in this film. Not one for Vaughan, though. Cause no, he's no, a bad guy. No one really yeah. liked him. No. no. Old Chainsaw didn't bother to leave a photo <laughs> on there for him. His right-hand man. It's a bit weird, though. It's sort of like, it's sort of saying, oh, it is the sentiment, because like, as the viewer, you know he's a villain, but no yeah. one else knows that. So is the sentiment that actually he had no friends and he just paid for everything. Mm. We only see one side of the tribute. Maybe there's a big picture of Bill Paxton grinning <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> Two thumbs up. <laughs> or like me, giving you the finger. <laughs> Uh, Right then, shall we do the bits? Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, best scene, Chris. I watched a bunch of little featurettes on the DVD and some of them had them carrying equipment across bridges on Jeeps and it was like watching The Wages of Fear or Sorcerer. That was more exciting than the film, but that is not my favourite scene, uh, the opening sequence. It's not in, you can't have that because by your own, these are your rules. If it's not in the film, it doesn't count. I just said it. Okay. Did you hear me say it? No, I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but it's the opening sequence. Oh, okay, that is in the film. Thanks. Yeah. I remember that bit. Okay, the opening sequence, Victoria. You're going to kill your sister! The opening sequence. <laughs> oh, really? I love these death openers. Yep. I think they're brilliant. We're two for two here, Vicky. Yeah. Alex, don't let us down. We could be two for three for three for two. <sighs> I'm going for Vaughn's death. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm going differently. I think it's just... I think you... like Because... I think Bill Paxton's great in this, and I think because you know like, his fucking will to survive <laughs> and to have no nothing in your control and just have that's someone above thing, though, you. That's your thing though, isn't it? That's your uh, Achilles heel. You don't like stuff like that. What's that now? Like a loss of control. Mm, like, you mean you, you can call me a control freak? Well, no, I mean, just very judgy. You you prefer yeah, control. That's, that's, that's why I assumed you'd say it. No, I'm being, being kind okay, to yeah. you. So, so how's the collaboration on the script going? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going well. Very well. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever, or who's your most valuable whatever in this entire film? The most valuable thing in the film, Victoria? Well, so it's almost Ben Mendelssohn, just because the shock of it. I didn't know who he was for ages. He's not that great. But in he's it, not though. that great. But he's just so different from what's that bloody thing we watched? The Robin Hood thing. Um, 
Yeah, Robin Hood, Sherwood, <laughs> Robin Hood, whatever it was called. What you? He, he, it's breaking. He's in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's breaking down, Chris. <laughs> I'm what's sorry. The, what's the Robin Hood thing called? <laughs> you got it. It's breaking it's, down. It's in your grasp. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it's Scott Glenn because he uh, he he elevates it. Pun for yourself there. There you go. Um, I and preferred also, touching the void. Fifty percent yours, fifty percent <laughs> yours, you. just like the script. That's right. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, I don't think you can go up the mountain with Chris O'Donnell as your leader because this, the way that Scott Glenn plays, I love the bit where he's like the ghost at the feast, literally at the party, where he's like, he's gone, like he's like actual ghost. Yeah. I love that, and he's just this like gnarly, like spiritual widower on a mission to the point where it's he, like he climbing a diamond made by God. Perfect. To the point where he's such a strong character in this and he's played so well, I would love a Monty Wick prequel where you find out how this man became so freaking old and strong. I think it would be very engaging. Okay, Chris. Elevated was good. I'm going to go for Scott Glenn because I think he scales greater heights than the other actors in this film. I was trying to think of something. (laughs) It's not the best. Um, Yeah, Scott Glenn as well. Yay! I'm going to go for Bill Ice Paxton as (laughs) Vaughn. No. Because <laughs> you're trapped in ice. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> oh my god! It's no, I'm sorry. It's good. It's not. I'm gonna cry. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, in two seconds, that's what I, that's what I came up with. Uh, Bill Ice Paxton as uh, Elliot Vaughan. Uh, he, I, he's brilliant. I, I know it's not the Bill Paxton we know and love, mm. like the wise cracking, the big thing, but mm. I think actually he does what he does with this character really well. And sure. I, I, I'm a big fan. Big mm. fan of um, big fan of Elliot Vaughan as a character, uh, if not his motives, although I agree with them. So uh, <laughs> finally, what would you change in this movie, Chris? Uh there is a huge problem, in my opinion, with this film in that it buries the lead. This film should be about Wick's mission rather than this dull brother-sister story. And I think telling us what he's up to comes way too late. Yeah. Uh, so I, even if they k- maintained <clears throat> the rescue story, we need to learn what he's up to a bit earlier because I think it makes... His revenge mission is so much more interesting than this... This uh, revenge mission is more interesting than the dull rescue mission. So that would be my, my change. Okay. Also, I think maybe Vaughan's planes could be supplying the armies with weapons of mass destruction. I think that could be tied in. I think that would be a fun... I mean, this film needs more subplots. <laughs> so so this, is, this is from the man who went, it's a bit convoluted. Now you want uh, the majestic air to be dropping nitroglycerin for the, uh, the Pakistani yeah. army. Yeah, why yeah. not? Good idea. Uh, Vicky. Uh, so mine is linked to Chris's. I think if you're going to keep Chris Odd, Peter as the lead, I think they've messed up his arc a little bit. Because what is his arc? Like, he doesn't really seem to carry that much guilt about his dad. He's, you know, he did the right thing. So he makes this big leap at the end with the ice picks. And I think the film wants me to believe that he can only do that leap because he's overcome his demons. Oh. But he's been... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's so confident throughout the film. He's always telling people what to do. I don't believe he would ever be worried about himself because he seems like he's a bit of a prick, isn't he? He's like, listen to me, I know everything. Mm. So... I, I don't, you know, and also this other thing writes itself, and this is a problem with Cliffhanger as well. The thing that he didn't do with Dad, he should do and saves the day kind of thing. It, always, like, you didn't do this one thing that your sister told you to try. And so then... he should have been the one to cut the rope. Montgomery Wick should have looked at him. Yeah, and, and but Dad cut his own rope, I guess, because oh, yeah, you can't okay. have the repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. But something like that, like, this thing that didn't get done gets done and saves the day. Okay. Uh, mine's a little one. Um... So when Vaughn murders Tom because his lungs are already filling with liquid 
uh, we see he's actually exerting himself yes. so much that he's like coughing yeah. over Tom. And as we know, at that point, there's blood when you cough. And so Annie should discover that Vaughn murdered Tom, not because, like, a fucking idiot, he left the syringe right next to Tom's neck, almost sticking out of it where he put <laughs> the air in, and because she sees the flecks of blood from where he was coughing yeah. over Tom's face. I thought he was coughing to cover the noises that Tom was making while he was stabbing mm, him. I, think... I thought he was covering his tracks. Oh. Mm, I thought... Either way, I think it works. The syringe doesn't work because it's an empty. They've only got one set of syringes. They used to have this Dex thing in them. She sees an empty one. She doesn't necessarily know it's filled with air. It's just empty of the Dex. Like yes. I don't see why she'd put it together. I was confused. Right then, that's us done. Mm. So, team, are you ready, Vicky? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> It's the your week. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we're back. Uh, but we are though. That's how it's meant to go. You chose these films. Yeah. Cool. It's time for the verdict. There you go. You don't want someone to take that off you anyway, do you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. Uh, Vicky, would yeah. you like to go first? <clears throat> Thank you, Chris. <clears throat> yes, I will. So even though you're going to think I'm lying, I did find this quite hard. Because uh, they're both a little bit of a mess in terms of the plot. I think Cliffhanger, the premise, is a little bit messy uh, because Vertical Limit, although they add all these bolt-ons to it, it is actually a straight-up rescue drama kind of thing, which I do prefer. Then you look at the set pieces. I think the helicopter set piece in Vertical Limit is better than some of the stuff in Cliffhanger, but then the effects are worse than in Cliffhanger, like the visual effects. So then you look at the leads. Chris O'Donnell just is bad. Like I don't, It's a horrible thing to say, but he just is really bad. But Sylvester Stallone, I think you're either a massive fan of him or you're not, and I'm not. Like I, I appreciate what he does, but it doesn't do it for me kind of thing. Then the baddies. I think John Lithgow is really fun, but Bill Paxton is more complex. They both start with an amazing, shocking death. So this is what it comes down to. When Cliffhanger is silly, which it is after about sort of seven minutes... It works. When Vertical Limit is silly, it doesn't. And it, Vertical Limit, I think, wants it both ways. Whereas Cliffhanger, because it gets into the silliness pretty sharpish, isn't asking that of me. Um, and I know you like the um, the two guys blowing themselves up, but I, I, don't, I really don't. Um, so for that reason alone, it's Cliffhanger. One for Cliffhanger. Alex Zane, you're up next. Okay. I agree with Victoria that this is a very close one this week. Um I'll start by saying nothing in either film beats the start of Cliffhanger. That is just a cold, hard fact. <laughs> that opening failed rescue and Sarah falling to a death still upsets me to this day, as it did when I was 14. After that, though, despite looking great and looking more money than Vertical Limit, Cliffhanger is a very, very by-the-numbers actioner. Uh, Vertical Limit has a lot more surprises in it than Cliffhanger. I certainly wasn't sure what Vaughan's outcome would be the first time I saw it, but at times it does feel really sluggish and it seems to take them an age to get to the actual rescue mission. It's so close. It really is. Um, but because of that opening, it's Cliffhanger. Yeah. And nothing beats it. Nothing. I, you, I can't. I can't have opened mm. this week saying it's one of the most harrowing moments in cinema history, and then not give it to that movie, no matter how by the numbers it becomes. Mm. Cliffhanger. 
<clears throat> is the winner. Chris, I think I know which way well, you're going. Yeah, and obviously you've just spent an hour and a quarter explaining why Vertical Limit is quite a bad movie <laughs> by then going, oh, but I like it, I like uh, it. I do like but it. You, you've both just done that. It's dumb, um, but it's fun. <laughs> I bought both these films with commentaries to do my research this week and I listened to Cliffhangers. At the end of Vertical Limit, I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. No. It was just, it's fine, but it's, it's too long and I, I couldn't face it. So, Cliffhanger knows what it is. It's Die Hard on a Mountain. It's nothing more. It's nothing less. Vertical Limit is all over the place. And I think in trying to be a revenge movie, a redemption movie and a rescue movie, it doesn't actually nail any of those. That's my reasoning for pick, picking Cliffhanger. It's a full hey! house for Cliffhanger. Well, obviously. Obviously. Uh, hey. I, don't know, Jeopardy. I went either. I was going to go either way for a long time. But no mate. one did. No, no one did in the end because... because... I don't want to die. <laughs> Fucking effective. Right then, that is us done for this week. Congratulations to Cliffhanger. It has ascended the summit of victory, whereas poor old Vertical Limit is going the other way down into an icy crevasse. Now, let's look ahead to next week. Uh, it's sort of Victoria's choices, but she's bowing out mm. uh, on a holiday. So yeah. Chris actually delivered the yeah, clue. We tried to pick films that Vicky wouldn't be that bothered about missing. And I think one of them she definitely won't be bothered about missing. Uh, my clue <laughs> was... I don't say that because you know I've never seen it and I've, I don't even know if I want to watch it. You're going to like it. <laughs> you have to. Uh, my clue was Mentor Melee or, or Melee as Alex... Or Melee. Um, and then our second clue I think hopefully me and Alex are going to go and film a fight in a car park now yay <laughs> um, absolutely not uh, because the films are two 1980s classics uh, The Karate Kid and No Retreat No Surrender what's that now what was that second one uh, that would be No Retreat uh, No Surrender they're both available on Amazon Prime um, Alex you just recently got married um, I would suggest not watching uh, No Retreat, No Surrender with Nettie because you might get divorced. Cool. I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> this movie. Is it, I mean, look, we've gone both <clears throat> ways with you and movies I've never heard of. There, there have been The Good, mm -hmm. which is Southern Comfort. Respect to mm. so show me yeah, that. Yeah, I've never, yeah. never even heard of that movie. There's also the strongest man in the fucking world. Toughest. Mm, toughest. Well, there you go. I didn't even. Mm. I didn't even remember it. I've got rid of that. He, so rather than go over the wall at the end, he goes through it. <laughs> I still can't believe he did that. <laughs> I've forgotten everything about it, apart from the fact that it was on telly. <laughs> not, even a, not even a not even a cinema release. All right then, cool. That is uh, us done for this week. So those are your movies for next week. We start with Karate Kid on Monday, with No Retreat, No Surrender on. Thursday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Check in with us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod, but also on TikTok. Look up ClashPod and uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends about us. Come and join the party. This is just going to be great forever. Bye for now. Have a lovely weekend. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.